I love Mr. Shark Game. Okay, welcome to the Mr. Short Game podcast. Hope everybody's having an awesome day. Today we're going to do the fastest, maybe not the fastest, but certainly not the slowest talk on slow play, something that is plaguing, uh, at least getting a lot of attention out there on the PGA Tour. So we want to look at everything that's causing this problem. What exactly is going on out there? You got uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka kind of getting into it. And, you know, J.B. Holmes is one of the slowest players on the planet. And these guys are getting a lot, a lot of uh, criticism for what's going on. And, you know, you got Brandel Chamblee tweeting a lot about slow play. And, and even guys... Uh, like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas and Hogan and all these other players who have you know, supposedly taken a long time. And sure, it's easy to pick out a shot here and there, like Tiger's chip at 16 at Augusta when he hold it out. Like, of course, that specific shot is going to take a little bit longer than a lot of others. So let's not cherry pick shots here. And even Bryson, you know, he he gets a lot of criticism. He is slow, and a lot of times slow players call themselves deliberate. Let's not fall into that trap. I have friends who say they're deliberate, and let's face it, they're slow. But let's let's rewind. Let's go back and find out let, where does this occur? Because if you're sick, you have a disease or something, you want to find out, okay, What's the cure? But you also want to find out, how did this happen? How did I get this? What caused my back to hurt? What caused this or that? So then you can go and address that. Maybe you uh, pulled your back and uh, your your hamstrings are too tight. So you need to start stretching and exercising muscles that uh, you haven't exercised before or in a long time. So same with slow play. Let's kind of go back and where does it begin? So does it, we have to look, does it begin at the junior golf level? Now, I run a lot of junior golf events. I teach a lot of juniors. I'm in that junior world a lot. So I see kind of the beginning phases of slow play. And yes, it does start there. Kids, juniors are just naturally, some are really slow. But that gets, we nip that in the bud really early on. There are tournaments now parents typically start caddying for their kids and some parents will uh in the desire for their child to perform their best they will take an an incredible amount of time well as a person who runs junior golf events one of the big challenges is the fact that these smaller junior events kind of get sandwiched in amongst the general population of players so let's say you're teeing off at 1, 2 o'clock. You've got the public ahead of you. And then you have maybe a field of anywhere from 10 to 20, even 30 kids. And then the public coming in, playing Twilight right behind you. Now, you, the one thing you don't want to have happen as a tournament director is the public hating the fact that it takes so long because you're there. Because then that course will say, look, we don't really want you here. It's, it causes too many problems. So, sorry. We, that's what we don't want. So, once that tournament starts, man, we are on the course 
cruising around, making sure everybody is keeping up with the group ahead of them and making sure that first group is touching virtually like on the heels of the general public group so that if people complain, we can show the course, hey, we started here, this group finished at this time, we are moving the exact same pace as the general public. There are no gaps, there is no delay. And when I see a parent causing a delay, I am on them. And I say, hey, you are going to have to pick up the pace or we're gonna start, we're gonna have you pick up your ball, take max score on that hole and move on. And that parent is usually the parent of a child who is uh, one of the better players. And so they will not do that. They will pick up the pace. And this is only an issue for a, uh, a couple years in that early development of the child in their early junior years, because soon after that, they're going to play events where caddies are not even allowed. So then, then these juniors are given certain rules to speed up play. One of those is called the two by two rule, where the first two players to finish a hole go and they go tee off on the next hole, even while the other two players are still putting out. So they're trained to finish out. And if you putt, you have to finish out, pick up your ball, go to the next hole with the next player right behind you and you tee off. So that's always training these kids to speed up play. And that's at the junior golf level. The AJGA does that. High school golf does that. College golf will make sure you cannot play slow in college. That is just not allowed. Uh, your coach, the other players, they will get on you. You are required to play quickly. So certainly it it doesn't happen from, let's say, age 12 through 21 while you're in college. It comes after that. It comes when you are now on a professional level playing for money. That's where the real slow play comes in. And yeah, there's certainly a number of things for, let's say, the average player who's not playing professionally, that there are things that cause us to uh, play slowly, which, you know, these are things like, uh, right, you know, the carts, double carts. That's causing slow play. If you have to take everybody, two players to one ball, sit and wait, and then drive over to the next ball and go back and forth, that's, that's a, a huge delay. So, one of the solutions for just the average player, the the recreational player out there is no double carts. We're, we need a single rider program, some type of single rider vehicle that uh, each person can have. So, and there are some of those coming out with the, the boards and these um, kind of scooter looking things and bicycles and a lot of different things to encourage players to ride individually, go right to your ball and then move on, and you don't have to have that type of delay, like a, a golf cart. That's one of the worst things for, let's say, the, the average player. But going back to these pros, then what happens now? You're playing for money. You make it to the PGA Tour. Now what happens? Well, here's what happens, and it's not just that you show up slow, because as we just talked about, you don't show up as a slow player. You show up trained to play very quickly and so Bryson he you know he was in that junior world he played college he didn't show up just slow all of a sudden what happens is you get on the PGA Tour and you have large fields of players the 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 initial 
field, 150, 200 players. There's a lot of players in the field that week. So it's typically slow anyways on Thursday and Friday until the cut comes. So there's a lot of backups hold a hole. You're not just cruising around like you're the first group out there at 7 a.m. Even if you are, you only have nine really clear holes because they tee off on one and nine. So eventually you're going to get kind of bogged up and things will be slower. So what do you do when you get backed up? Well, all of the sudden you're, you have to slow down. So now you're training yourself to get to the ball and you don't have anything to do because you're waiting for the people on the green to finish out putting. Okay, so now you're going to spend more time thinking about your shot because you have that time, right? Because you have to wait. So that's what's happening on the PGA Tour is a lot of because of the massive field sizes, these players are all of a sudden getting to their ball and having nothing to do. So they're looking at their books. They're looking at their charts. They're looking at the wind. They're throwing They're taking 45 practice swings. They're picking clubs and then da, 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 looking at all the stuff. And then when it's their turn, they're like, oh, okay. They spent all that time and now the wind changed a little bit. So they make an adjustment. Then, okay, then they grab their club. Then they go. So now what do you do on the weekend? All of a sudden, maybe things are a little bit faster and you have, you, you have the ability to play faster. But for the past two days, you've been spending so much time sitting there uh, in the fairway, looking at all the possible variables, that that's what you're used to. So part of the main problem is that those field sizes just naturally causes a uh, a, a slowdown, a backup. And then players, you know, they occupy their time. They find something to do. And that something to do is figure out what shots are going to play. And so they're being trained and retrained to slow down. And then Forget it. You get to the green, and now you have these green reading books. Now that's a huge issue here in the in in the game because most of us don't have that. We show up to the green, we read our putt, and we go. And most of the time, funny enough, sadly enough, the recreational player spends the least amount of time on the green. You know, they putt and putt, and they're like, okay, that's good, and they pick it up and they move on. But these pros now, this is where they're going to make their money. These greens are super fast. So they've got to be a little more precise, a little more careful. They have to spend a little bit more time looking at the slope. So they walk around the hole a couple times. They break out their green reading book, which should not even be allowed, by the way. They should have to read it by eye. They shouldn't have a manual per se, a, uh, oh, what does the instruction manual say on this green from this exact position? That's ridiculous. You should have to know it by feel. That's part of the game. The basketball player doesn't show up with a book before he shoots a free throw and calculate the circumference and the arc and the uh, the uh, the barometer pressure of that arena that day. No, Tom Brady just backs up in the pocket and he throws uh, and he better get rid of the ball pretty quickly or he's going to have a huge problem. So, that's just something that you should not have. You should not have to open a book. Forget those books. They should be outlawed. Also, what should be outlawed is putting that dang line on your ball. You cannot use an alignment aid from the tee box. I can't put an alignment stick down and make sure my aim is good. 
There have been players who have, have gotten penalized for doing things like that. Like you shouldn't be allowed uh, to have something to aim. Like it's just ridiculous in my opinion. There should be the logo. You shouldn't be able to use something to align you to where you want. It, it's just you should be able to uh, – it, it's just slowing it down. You're lining that dang lineup forever. How much time does that take? Let's let's outlaw the, these little things that just cause us – if you give me a line, I'm going to use it, right? And so I've got this line. I'm going to use it, and it's going to take me time to put it down. So we got to outline the green reading books. we got to get rid of the lines on the ball. All these little things that we give you to use, that are given to us to use, that cause – that slow us down, forget it. We got to get rid of these things. So these green speeds, they're not going to slow down the greens for the tour pros. No, there's just no way. Okay, that's not going to happen. But we can get rid of the books, and we can get rid of the alignment guides that the golf ball and these other things offer us. So that should that those should be thrown out the the window. Another thing that's really slowing the game down are all the rules. You know, that's the problem. Here is. A player breaks a rule. I mean, they're like kicked out there. You might as well string them up. I mean, and, you know, lynch them. Like, it's just not not something that should happen. The penalty for breaking a rule is way too severe for these guys. And when they're sitting there waiting for a rules official for a couple minutes, again, now you go back to that retraining everybody to figure out what to do while you're waiting for these players to get a, a, a rules, uh, you know, question answered. And it should be so simple. Just, hey, do your best to adhere by the rule. If you don't do it correctly, we're going to talk to you about it. And uh, don't do it again, right? It's kind of like we don't need to penalize these people so often. So the rules kind of need to have a hard look and say, look, you're going to uh, – you should be required to know the basic rules. Take your drop. If there's a penalty involved, great. If not, we're going to make the adjustment later if you messed up. But if you messed up, we're, you don't need to be penalized so severely for unintentionally not making your drop perfect because uh, you didn't want to wait wait for a rules official. But if you do, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of waiting for that person to show up. Then they're going to have an argument about the rule. And then everybody else is just going to be standing around. And it really causes a huge, huge problem. And when I'm playing with somebody, I don't want to wait around. I mean, that messes up my game. So one slow player messes up the whole, the whole group that they're playing with. And, you know, if you're playing a match in a match play, there's some time to intentionally slow down or speed up just to kind of throw some gamesmanship into the match. But that's a whole different deal. And if as long as you're not backing up the groups behind you, that, in my opinion, can be used to your advantage. So we got we got to look at those rules and, and these course setups there for the general public. They're making these courses way too difficult. There's too many trees out there. There's too many. The rough is too long. The bunkers are in the wrong spots. Don't penalize the bad player for for a bad shot, right? They're already bad. You don't need to compound their you know uh, penalties just because they're not a great player. A bunker doesn't need to be 240 off the tee, 250. Like that's where kind of your average player is going to go. 
Don't do that. Put it way out there. The rough. Make the rough a bit shorter. And and the trees, we've got to mow down some trees, unfortunately, but strategically place them. So that comes into golf courses design. And let's start designing courses for the general population so that we can kind of get around easier and there's not internal out-of-bounds that uh, really messes with people. So, you know, there's a lot of little things in course design and course setup that can really help speed up play. But going back to the PGA Tour, you know, these solutions uh, that we can kind of implement would be certainly – you know, adjustments to the rules where you're playing if you don't get a rules official. And another thing we could really look at are pairings. Like, why are we going to pair Bryson with Brooks just for TV ratings so then we could pick on Bryson for being a lot slower than Brooks? That It doesn't make any sense. Most golf coverage out there is on some, some type of tape de- delay. So the guys in the video trucks, they're recording all the shots and that you don't have to play back his 45 seconds. Like, let's just get to a shot, hit a shot and move on. You don't need to make the, uh, the entire population suffer through, um, you know, somebody's green reading tactics for two minutes. That, that's ridiculous. Okay. We don't need to see Patrick Reed circle his putt for two and a half minutes. That's, we don't need that. So don't torture these people by showcasing their slowness on television. Just cut to them when uh, we see their shots or don't even show them. You don't have to show them. Just, you, you know, it, that could be their penalty enough. Don't broadcast them. If they're going to be slow, don't show them on television. And they'll, their sponsors will talk to them and say, hey, we need you on TV. You got to pick up the pace. You don't have to penalize them. The penalty is don't put them on TV. They can be in second place. Certainly, you want to see the winner, but show them a lot less. Just say, hey, uh, Bryson made a birdie on that last hole. We're not showing it to you because he's too slow. And let his sponsor talk to him. I guarantee you that will happen. I'd rather see Tiger Woods anyways, even if Tiger's in uh, 25th place, or show a player that's a little more entertaining, a little more fun, a little more engaging with the cameras. Do that. Show people that we want to see. So that's something that we can do. And then just work on those pairings. Like really focus in there. Put some. You don't have to put the top players, the, the person in the lead, in the last group. If they're slow, again, penalty is, hey, sorry, we're not putting you in this group because they're going to get more TV coverage and you're too slow, so we're going to move you here. Again, that's penalty enough. Who cares? If you're going to win the tournament, you're going to win the tournament. Do your thing in a different group. Or let's put them way back in the pack and just say, hey, sorry, we're not going to show the end or we're going to do different things so that uh, we don't have to show you so much because it's just really wrecking the TV viewers experience of the game. So that's that that's another thing and just just know this like with the PGA Tour slow play and the regular person slow play. I mean it's two different animals here, right? On TV you can control what is seen and what is not seen out on on my level playing on the golf course. If there's a slow group, man. Yeah, one did you know this one slow group can wreck an entire golf course for the entire day. Like, that's the problem. If, and I've seen this happen, we've had, you know, a group get behind 
and you miss it, you don't catch it. They're on the 15th or 16th hole. And guys, and it's all the way backed up to the first hole. But I'll tell you this, when we get when we get to them on the 15 and we say, you guys have to speed up right now, then they speed up. In a matter of minutes, the entire course is uh, at, at normal speed. Like the backup on one will disappear within about 20, 30 minutes of the group on 15 speeding up. It is like a train. Like y- you get one group moving, it opens up the entire golf course. So for the recreational player, there are certain things that just need to happen to make it more enjoyable for all of us. Uh, I mean, I would advocate for rolling the golf ball back and even the driver and making these clubs not go as far. I played with a persimmon-headed wood not too long ago, and I was playing so much faster. One of the reasons is my bad shots didn't go very far, like 200 yards, and it was just easy to find, and they just sliced off into the rough, but it was 200 yards away. It wasn't 280, so it's so much easier to find a off-hit ball if it's closer to you than if it's farther, so you spend a lot less time looking, and then I just, oh, oh there's my ball. I'm ready to hit, and I go, and I'm, I got to hit sooner than I normally get to hit. So it was just, it helped me speed up. So I would advocate for rolling that back. I don't think any of that's going to happen. But if it were to happen, I would be, I wouldn't hate that. That would be a good thing in my opinion. Also on the recreational level, like I said earlier, single rider vehicles. I say we should all walk, but a lot of these country clubs and other courses are kind of set up around home housing tracks and things like that. So it's, it's very difficult to walk. Either way, I would advocate for some type of single rider vehicle. I don't need to ride in the cart with you and go to your ball because now we're looking for your ball. This is the big problem. If you hit it left and I hit it right, well, we're going to go look for, let's say, yours first. And while we're looking for yours, I've kind of lost the bearings on where my ball is. So that's what's difficult because I see it off the tee and I look and I'm like, okay, it's over there. And then we go search and I've lost my kind of markers that I've set. Like I hit it by that tree and I'm like, oh, which tree is it now? So that's one of the major challenges is that the two-person golf carts, we need single rider vehicles if we're going to do that. So that's an easy fix. I don't know why it hasn't been done on a large scale yet. And it's a lot more fun if you got like this little motorcycle looking thing that just stands up and doesn't tip over. And I know there's some insurance problems you have, but I mean, you've seen these golf cart videos out there where people are going crazy and killing themselves. So I don't think that's going to be a huge issue to overcome. This needs to be tackled. Really, it needs to be like on the forefront of golf because it will also uh, bring in the younger crowd, younger generation, more of that scooter riding crowd. They want stuff like that, so why not give it to them and bring them to the golf course and let them kind of have a lot more fun? Man, if these little scooters on the sides of the streets are legal all over the town, I mean, how is a a little buggy, a single-person buggy, not like obviously on every golf course right now? I, I don't get that. Maybe somebody can, like those scooters are dropped off at on the side of the street. Maybe somebody could drop off these scooters at the golf course and you could just swipe your phone and that's your app and you're off to go like the Lime Golf Scooter, the bird scooter for golf. 
you're welcome. Let's jump on that because that, I mean, something needs to be done so that uh, we can get get out of the two-person vehicle. Also, another thing we need is even on the PGA Tour, I think this is uh, something that they could implement especially with the rules changes that they've had in terms of repairing ball marks on the green is at, once you putt, putt out, finish. I don't care if you're three, four, six feet, you have to finish. Putt and then finish your putt, okay? No waiting around. I don't care if you're standing in someone's line or anything. They get to repair that anyways because they can tap down anything on the green these days. So who cares? What, what am I, standing in your line? Am I denting it? Am I... In, I don't think so, not on the PGA Tour level, really. And the guy, the group ahead of you that was just there a minute earlier, they stood all over the hole. You had four people trampling right on top of the hole. They walked away, and now you're worried about a guy who's going to stand in it uh, 15 seconds, 30 seconds before your ball gets there. The group ahead of you just did it, and there were more of them, and they just stepped all over your line. So there's no, it's just ridiculous that you wouldn't do this. Putt out. Finish your putt. Continuation putting has to be something that uh, that is implemented on the PGA Tour level. Finish your putt, pick it up, move on. And on the recreational level, this kind of stuff ha- must be done. You have to finish your putt. Finish up and then go to the next hole, If especially if there's a gap. You got to go with that two-by-two two rule that those junior golfers are doing. Go tee off. Two people go tee off. I don't know if that's going to work on the PGA Tour because there's usually, you know, a wait anyway. So, and you got crowds to deal with to kind of move. They're crossing the fairway, that kind of thing. So, it's not going to work, but they can certainly finish out their putts and uh, get get that taken care of on that level because that's something that's really going to help uh, speed up play. And if they don't like it, you know, it's just, it's too bad. That's just the way it is. You've got to do things that are going to help, you know, move people forward. So golf rounds don't take forever. And then just to finish it up here on the um, on the you know re- recreational player level, you need those starters on that first tee box, giving you just a rundown, a refresher of what's going to happen for you that day. Okay, they're going to start you off. They're just Somebody stand there. Hey, you're, here are the rules for today. We're playing two by two. You, once you finish, you have to putt. You have to putt out. Make sure you finish your putt. Pick up your ball. Move to the next tee box and tee off. At least two of you. Don't make it slow. So the starter can really help that first group keep up the pace and not slow the rest of that course down for the rest of us. And then you need those course marshals out there. I don't know whatever happened to that guy. And that guy just drives around and they don't even do anything when they are there, but they should. They should be having people hit what's called the time par. What time did you tee off? He should have a list and you could easily do this on their phone or whatever, or maybe he has a list or he just says, what time did you start? What was your tee time? And then checks your time par. And so they can put clocks out on the golf course and so on your scorecard, there's there's a time par that when you finish a hole, this time better match or beat that time on the clock. And if it doesn't, then there's a problem somewhere. And that course marshal needs to find the problem immediately, and they need to address that. Like, if they let it slide early, it'll be a plague with them all day. But if they catch it, 
if they catch that group, that slow group, they just they nip it in the bud and they move them on and it opens up the entire course in a matter of minutes. It's surprising how quickly it can happen. That's something that has to be kind of re re introduced, re-brought back. It's got to be, it's got to happen. A lot of courses have these course marshals, but they really don't do a whole lot. I don't know what they're there for. So we've got to make sure they're the starter and the course marshal are on the same page and they are doing it. And maybe it costs a couple bucks. Who cares if you can speed up play and get an extra foursome out on the day? You, you've made double your money. So it's not even a problem. So I don't know, that's that's slow play in a nutshell, kind of where the history of it, where it began, and it really begins on that, hey, I'm getting paycheck all of a sudden, and at least on that tour level, because we're trained early on not, not to play slow, and sadly, uh, on that recreational level, it comes back, it comes back, so there's a lot of little things we can do to speed it up, I don't know why it hasn't been done. But golf is going to continue to decline unless this this kind of stuff is addressed. So I think uh, we need to keep talking about it, keep it on the forefront so that people can really understand that this is something that's keeping people from the game. Because I do not want to go to a golf course and play for five hours. I don't have that kind of time. Most of us don't. And I, But I still want to play 18 holes. So we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. And I think if there's a fun way to do it and get it done, and I, and I believe with these things we talked about, we can do it. That's slow play today, and I believe we can fix it and change it for the future. So thanks for uh, tuning in to the podcast today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Keep listening. We're going to keep jamming out. Love you guys. See you in the fairway. Mr. Shortgate, say my game.